guys, welcome to episode 165 of Talking with TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Hope you're all staying safe and yeah, doing well during this little isolation period. If you want to get in touch with me, definitely I'd encourage you to do so. Send me an email, Tristan at talkingwithtk.com or hit me up on across any of the socials, Insta. I'm at Tristan Nell, K-N-E-L-L. Facebook, you'll find me at Tristan Cannell, K-N-E-L-L. Or you can hit me up on the Twitter or Facebook page, at Talking With TK. It's definitely a time not to hide by yourself, so definitely get in touch if you want to have a yarn about anything, life, sports, anything at all. I encourage you to definitely get in touch. All right, guys, today's episode, uh, one of the real rising stars of the NRL in Kyle Flanagan. I was really upset to see him leave my mighty Sharkies, but definitely know why he did it. You know, he's got a, a big opportunity there with the Roosters, and he's played pretty well, especially in the World Club Challenge. I was pretty impressed with his performance there. I think it's going to take a little while to for him and Luke Keery to adjust to each other's playing styles. But I think down the track, as the season goes on and hopefully does relaunch in hopefully May, I think we'll see the best of Kyle Flanagan. Guys, if it's your first time here or you need to catch up on all the back catalogue, it's probably a pretty good time to do so. So check it out at www.talkingwithtk.com or you'll find all the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or pretty much wherever you get your podcast. If you can do me a massive favor and share the show with your family and friends if you, you are enjoying it, if you've got a little bit of time as well, if you could leave me a review either on Apple Podcasts or the Facebook page, that will really continue to help me be seen by more and more people and help me to grow the show. So I really appreciate if you could do that. I am part of the Diamantina Podcast Network as well. So if you're running out of podcasts to listen to, highly recommend the Batuta Advocate Halfcast podcast and Dylan Friends. Plenty of content right across the podcast range on at Diamond Tina. So check out some of my stable mates as well. I have recently released my book as well, Talking with Champions. So if you want to continue to support the cause and help me grow the show, yeah, if you can, it's it's a great present. It's for both the guys and girls, but seventy five of my best interviews broken down into the best bits that I've found. And yeah, you can pick it up at Dimmick's Booktopia, Angus and Robinson online. It retails for about $30, but I know there's always specials on, so usually it's around $20 or $25 as well. It's called Talking With Champions, so get it now. I've also recently joined ESPN Australia, so a lot of articles are being written about the potty, so if you want it in written form as well, jump on the ESPN Australian website. All right, guys, really excited for today's episode, and I introduce Kyle Flanagan. All right, guys, my special guest today is Kyle Flanagan. Kyle is the starting halfback for the Sydney Roosters, where he's joined this year, and he's also tasted success already, winning a World Club Challenge. He debuted at the Sharks in first grade in 2018, where he came through all the local junior ranks. In 2017, he set a record in the Holden Cup, scoring a staggering 360 points from 20 tries and 140 goals. While in 2018, also saw him captain the New South Wales residence team, playing the New South Wales under-20s, and he also moved into the emerging blue squad. Welcome to the podcast, Cole Flanagan. Flano, welcome, buddy. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. It's good to hear um, that sort of recap you just gave there. It's been a while since I've sort of looked back and um, yeah, heard that, really. No, it's good, man. That's what I love about podcasts. You can recap what you've kind of achieved and what you want to do in the future. But, man, first things first, I know that a lot of people are interested. We're in lockdown at the moment, and obviously with the corona and things like that, man. I know that you guys are trying to do it with your physical stuff, but I was more interested kind of maybe in the mental stuff, especially someone like yourself. You've finally broken into the first grade team. You're starting halfback at one of the best clubs in the NRL. How has that kind of affected you mentally not being able to play? Yeah, man, it's definitely been a lot of a challenge for me to look back and really think about um, the two NRL games I had in the World Cup Challenge, so... 
for me, I'm just looking back. It's a time to reset and think about new goals and just, I guess, areas of my game I want to work on. Yeah, man. With Cooper Cronk kind of coming under, you know, with coaching now, and obviously he's a, he's a major mentor for you for this season. Is it the first time in your career you've had like a... Obviously, Cooper's one of the greatest of all time, but is it the first time you've had like a halfback mentor in your career? Yeah, I think so. I think that one-on-one relationship definitely is the first time I've had a halfback. Like Cooper Cronk obviously coached me. Obviously, in your junior grade, you always listen to your coach, but I never had a mentor in that sort of department, so that's been massive for me so far, just some of the stuff I've learned um, that hopefully everyone gets to see in the next couple of games. But, um, yeah, yeah, having him there for me is honestly a dream. Obviously, I idolise him as a kid, but, um, yeah, it's awesome for me to have during the year and as a mate as well. Yeah. What sort of chats do you have in terms of training? Oh, he tries to keep it simple with me, obviously. Um, come, I've only played 12 first-grade games, so... Um, he's got the mentality for me just to build my game brick by brick. So not to go and try worry about try assist and all the fancy stuff. He's always talking to me about um, the simple things. That's my kicking. That's my tackling. So um, we're always talking about the simple footy to build my game off. And I hope that's a good platform for me going forward. Yeah, Cole, you know, you're very, I like the way you play because you're very structured. I, I love halfbacks because it kind of reminds me of kind of like an NFL quarterback. Like you are very tactician. Where did that kind of yep. develop from? I think, obviously, I played uh, soccer as a kid, so I think the, the kicking um, and the soccer background obviously helps. So, um, And I think just the, how much I've watched the game, having my old man as a coach, we watch footy all the time. So coming into that structured footy, I know it's something you can rely on in, in big games. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the way I've sort of formed in my junior career. And um, But saying that, I want to keep expanding my game as well. Yeah, it's obviously... A- with your dad being one of the greatest coaches, or well, he's, I'm a Shark supporter, so he's the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> but in saying that, you know, you just spoke about you and your dad going through different things. Like, when did that kind of start? Was was he always giving you little tips ever since you were like young? Yeah, he always supported me. I think as a, as a young fellow, I always wanted to to be a good footy player. Obviously, um, knowing the old man played footy and his role in the game, so I always aspired to be a good footy player. But um, yeah, coming through the juniors, he always supported me. Um, always spoke to me about my footy and just early on it was always about having fun with my mates but um, when it came into the under-20s, under-18s, that sort of stuff, he really supported me and I guess that really gave me the platform to be where I am today. Yeah, did you know that he had played professionally when, when you were younger? Yeah, I, I knew I knew a little bit about it but I guess I think a couple of years ago I had to really look him up and ask him a few questions about how many games he played, where he played at so I probably guess I wish earlier I knew where he played at and all the clubs he went to but um, yeah, it's good knowing that he, he played first, but I think he might have played 99 or 98 games. He always tries to make a few lies there. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's actually funny because when I was growing up as a kid, he was still playing. So And my brother went for Parramatta. So I've actually seen your dad play in real life. He was a, he was a pretty good defender, man. One-on-one, who wins a battle? Kyle Flanagan, Shane Flanagan. <laughs> well, these days, he's got he's got, he's got got no knees. He needs two almost two knee recos. So um, I'll be able to run straight past him. But... Um, He's still got a bit of strength behind him, the big boy, but I'll have to try it out one day, I reckon. Yeah, hopefully we get back on the field so you go, obviously, one-on-one with the dad, you know, St. George now, mate. Have you had a, like, is there a side bet? Is there a dinner, a few beers? Like, what will happen on that, that game? Oh, definitely, for sure. Obviously, he's a uh, defensive coach there at the Dragons, so I said to him, mate, hey, hey, what are you going to do to stop us? Like, what, what's your plan? Just have a laugh at that <laughs> stuff, so... Um, I know that my mum will be supporting the Roosters rather than the Dragons. Oh, is she a big Chook supporter? Oh, I think she's she's always going to choose me first over the old man, but um, yeah, I have to wait and see. 
When you were growing up, were you a ball boy for the Roosters? Yeah, that's right. Um, I saw a podcast you did with um, Craig Fitzgibbon a couple of weeks ago, actually. Were you and, his yeah, ball I, boy, the kicking team? Yeah, crazy how things work out in life, and now he's my coach. So, well. He's an outstanding dude, too. I was just like chatting to him about the UFC. Out of any, We didn't even talk about footy anymore. We talk about UFC. But, yeah, Fitzy, what's, in terms of like, because obviously it's a new coaching structure. Now you've got Robbo, you've got Fitzy, you've got Kingy, you've got Nathan Kalis. How's, yep. How have you fit under this new structure, and especially being away from your dad now? Yeah, it's obviously. I think I really like the, the way the structure they got. Obviously, Rob as the head coach, and he looks across all the footy departments. But having had Matt King in my attack, so he has a focus on my attack. So I have conversations with him about my attack, about my running game. Um, and I talked to Fitzy about my defence, my tackle game. And also have there Nick Davis as a kicking coach. So it's always good. I can also add there Jason Taylor with my goal kicking. So there's always good you can have conversations, different coaches about different parts of your game. And I guess your whole game just builds up with those connections. So, um, yeah, I've really liking that so far. I'm always having chats with those coaches and I'm um, looking for improvement. Yeah. A couple of things I want to chat to you about. A couple of overseas trips. First one, Barcelona. I saw that you went to a game at uh, Camp Nou. How was that, man? Um, unbelievable. Um, the whole trip with the Roosters is, is unbelievable. Obviously, the way the club run is unbelievable. We're so well looked after by the Roosters. But, um, yeah, watching Barcelona play and watching uh, Leo Messi play is, uh, wow, that was unbelievable. Is there any like little tips that even you as a, a professional athlete, when you look at Messi, is there anything in particular that you see and go, oh, wow, I could do that. I wish I could do that. I think it just is his class on the field, how quickly he can turn the game, like when he wants to be a part of the game. Um, that's something that I noticed watching him live, how much, and also Barcelona in general, how much they the work they do off the ball. Yeah, that was really good to see. You don't get to see that on TV, I guess. Okay, now more of a physical thing. You guys went to New Zealand for that army-style camp. What happens in one of those things, man? <laughs> that's that's a nightmare. That one of those things, I wouldn't recommend it. I said before, um, I done the Kokoda track a couple of years ago. Before that, and that doesn't um, the uh, New Zealand trip doesn't compare anywhere to Kokoda track. Um, but the the camp basically uh, thirty six hours. You're just constantly walking, doing army drills, climbing over fences, uh, walking, um, carrying stuff, carrying logs, that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I remember actually had two out. We were sleeping for two hours and. They came and woke us up, but started banging the bells. Get up, get up, we're going. So it was definitely a tough night. Yeah, well, two nights, actually, I should say. Is it good for a new boy, but like considering that you probably would have known a handful of the boys, that's a great way to bond and actually become friends. Yeah, exactly. I think there was a lot of younger boys there at the time, but um, yeah, day one to put yourself in that situation was massive for me to get to know the boys and really to prove myself to the boys to show them that I'm, that I'm a tough kid. I'm not going to... Um, Settle for anything, anything less. Yeah, you know, at the Sharks, you're pretty breast blessed because you guys all came through the, the ranks together. You know, the Braley boys, Bronson Sherry, obviously one of your best mates as well. Who have you kind of yep. clicked with the most at the Roosters at the moment? Um, well, before going to the Roosters, I only really knew um, Billy Smith, who unfortunately did his ACL this year. I played with him in the under 20s, so I was really looking forward to playing with him. He had an opportunity there in the start of the season before he hurt his knee. So, um, but saying that, I didn't really know too many of the boys, but. Um, yeah, Luke Keery, I could say, give him a shout-out. He's been really good for me. Um, I could say all the boys, but, yeah, I guess those two guys are um, two guys I've really clicked with so far. Yeah, mate, what's Victor Adley like? Because I always see him on his Victor, <laughs> his Victor bra on, like, the bloke in the bar. And <laughs> is he exactly like that in real life? Um, yeah, he's always got a, a bit of banter, but I guess he's not as loud as people think he is. He's always um, 
when it comes to footy, he's quite serious. And when it comes to the game, he really wants to win. And, um, yeah, you feel good when Victor Radley's next to you in the line. You know he's going to turn up for you. And, yeah, he's a really good mate to describe Victor in a word. And But saying that, he does like a party as well. <laughs> mate, I saw the boys are actually hitting the tools. Mate, have you had a job before footy? Um, I studied construction straight out of school. I went into the first grade um, program, so I was pretty lucky there. I've been studying construction management. So I haven't um, done too much in the tools, a bit of labour here and there for a few mates. But, um, yeah, trying to stay away from that as much as I can. Yeah, where do you study the construction stuff at? Uh, I did that at Western Sydney University out at Parramatta, but obviously this year most of the stuff's online, so I'm trying to knock that away as much as I can um, while we've got some downtime. Okay, actually I went to that same campus when I was your age too, man. I did finance, but it's a great campus if you ever like get to, once we allowed back in society, <laughs> we can get back out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, to hit that campus is a good one. It's got a good bar on there, mate. Yeah, exactly. All right, mate, take me back a little bit to the start, because obviously we know heaps about your dad, but I'm sure that he yep. probably thinks that your sporting ability comes from him. But is it secretly maybe from your mum? Uh, um, I'm not too sure about that. Actually, I better give her a little bit of rap, but I think, yeah, mostly it comes from the old man. I guess um, we're quite a bit of a sporty family. I know my sister's really into fitness, and um, we're always training, always doing stuff outside. So, uh, But I... Probably should give credit to the old man. Yeah, okay. Mate, those jerseys that you put up on Insta, are they, is that your house or your parents' house? That's at my parents' house. I've always, um, like, I thought that's a good idea to put them up at the fam- uh, the family house. Mm, I still live in a home at the moment, but um, I think it's good, you know, when the old man has a few mates over, he has a beer and he can have a chat with his mates. And, yeah, it's probably a good moment for him when he, he's showing his mates, that sort of thing. Mate, can you imagine your dad's jerseys, those big old things they used to wear? They wouldn't be able to frame them. Yeah, exactly. I wish he had a few framed, you know, like he's only got his um, their 2016 Premiership winning jersey up there. I wish, like, I wish he had more jerseys up there so we can sort of make a good vibe of that um, TV room we got there going. Yeah, for sure, man. Now, you said that you played soccer. So, was soccer before league? How'd you get in both of them? Yeah, so uh, right up to, I think, under 14s, I was doing soccer and footy on the same day. So, um, sometimes I had to pick which game I wanted to play on that day, but I remember doing the good old uh, finish the footy game and quickly rush to the soccer game, changing in the car. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of a process there. I had uh, mates in both in both teams there. So, I remember it came to under-14s there when I was playing rep soccer as well and I had to make a decision. And I think uh, the old man's presence and having some close mates in rugby league made me make that decision. Yeah. what are you Looking back now, what do you reckon you were better at? Oh, I think, I think I made the right decision in playing footy. I think... Having the soccer background is definitely helping with my kicking and my goal kicking, that um, translation between the two sports. But, um, yeah, I would have liked to see how, what would have happened in soccer. But, um, yeah, I definitely have the passion in rugby league. Yeah, goal kicking, Kyle. Now, obviously, it's a pressure pressure job. Is that something that you've always done since a kid? Yeah, I think I had a cracky year in the, in the under-20s when I, I scored all, all the points. I guess coming into first grade, it's been something I need to work on. I've been practicing a lot, I think. I'm just starting to get over the nerves now coming into first grade. Yeah, so I think that the translation between um, the soccer and the football has definitely helped my goal kicking. It hasn't been um, – I'm definitely wanting to improve my goal kicking. Um, in first grade, obviously, I get a bit nervous coming into first grade. I didn't do too much uh, – not too many players do goal kicking under the first 10 games. So, But saying that, I've been working on that and uh, that's something I want to improve on and I really enjoy goal kicking. Yeah, Cole, you know, I'm sure that Nick Davis has probably had a chat to you about this, but – 
the psychology of goal kicking, like for example, at the World Club Challenge, you're kicking quite well, but you were hitting the posts. And obviously yeah, yeah. that that's hard because obviously you're going to get down on yourself because you feel that you're letting down the team. What sort of like messages is he giving you when you when you do get in that sort of situation? Yeah, well, I felt like they're the best three kicks I've missed uh, in the World Cup Challenge. Obviously, they didn't come off, but I was striking them. Some of the like I was happy with my technique. I was striking them, but it just didn't really pay off, I guess. But um, saying that, we still got to kick them goals and. But, um, yeah, all the, the goal-kicking coaches, Nick Davis and Jason Taylor, my goal-kicking coach, um, he just talked to me talked to me about trusting my process and um, keeping everything the same. That's my leg swing and my ball strike, um, my body position. So um, there's always think, there's little cues I'll, I take during the game where I miss because I miss to the left or I miss to the right. So, um, yeah, it's something I'm going to work on going forward for sure. Yeah, Cole, okay, your life's on the line. Pick one goal-kicker to save your life. Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd probably have to say uh, James Maloney. I think uh, I've watched him. Okay. Uh, I remember he was at Cronulla. His uh, technique and how consistent he is kicking goals. Um, not much deviates between his goal kicking. Yeah, I had him on on Tuesday and I actually I quizzed him because you know he's got that follow through. Yes. He's, he still has no idea how he does it. Yeah, he, that's him in general. I think he's just a freak of a player. He just rocks up and just plays good footy. Yeah, nice. All right, mate. Now, I don't even know how to... I'm trying to pronounce this right. I know it's not Aquinas, but can you pronounce your junior club? It's just... I'm not getting it right, man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's Aquinas, uh, Aquinas Colts uh, in Menai. Well, I know the boys are... Um, me, uh, Bronson Jerry, and the Bradley boys come from that club, and we're pretty uh, proud of where we came from. Yeah, man. So tell me, you guys won 10 straight premierships, your team, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that me and Blake Bradley, we were in that, uh, in that team for the 10 years there. So, um, yeah, we're pretty lucky. We had a, a close group of mates who really want to achieve something special there. So, um, yeah, those 10 years um, was pretty special. And, um, yeah, we got lucky there. Yeah, did anyone come close at all to knocking you guys off? I think a couple of years there. I think t- towards the back end, um, I remember we uh, the team we were and had Reese Robson, who plays for the Cowboys. Um, he was their star player. I think they got close a couple of years, but um, I know we had a really tight group of mates and we really uh, stuck together and got the job done. Yeah, nice one. What uh, what age, obviously your dad's head coach of the Sharkies, so obviously he's watching you, but they still have to go through a process. Like what age did the Sharkies kind of get in touch and put you in development squads? Yeah, I think the first uh, development squad might be under 14. So that's when uh, the first time I was in the development squad, obviously um, in the development squad, things aren't too serious um, during that stage, but um, yeah, I love going to train. I remember when I was going to school, I used to love Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and we used to go have um, train at Shark Park in the afternoon. We used to do body weight and just a bit of skills. So, um, yeah, I guess that's when I first started. Yeah, was it really tough? Because I'm sure that people would have questioned your ability because of your last name. Did that ever happen? Yeah, exactly. I think that, that still drives me today, I guess, obviously. Um, I guess coming through the juniors and in under 20, that sort of stuff, people just think you're there because of your last name. So, um but saying that, I, yeah, I really wanted to prove to people um, that I can play footy, and I think I did that in my under-20s year. I think that really drove me to um, to have success, and, um, yeah, I guess that's probably one of the biggest reasons I'm still playing today. Yeah, before we get that 20 season, you guys actually won in 2015 as well, the, the SG Ball State and National Championships. Like, the Sharkies had had a lot of success, kind of around the time when you and Blake and Jaden all came through. All of a sudden, they've got these pathways now where we're bringing through a lot of incredibly really talented local juniors. Is that kind of... You, you've you been involved in the system for so long. Is that when you noticed the, the big change in the Sharkies' development, sort of? Yeah, exactly right. I think at the time there, they started putting a pathways program and 
I think I remember as a young fella, like, we used to have trial games against Bulldogs and Penrith, and we used to think, like, we're not going to win this game. They're too big and too strong. So I think the, the boys really want to make it different and show the Cronulla Juniors that we can stand up to these bigger clubs. And, um, yeah, well, I think we won in 2015. I think um, Curtis Scott was my captain of my team there, and we went on to win the SG Ball Premiership. So, yeah, just, I think that drive from us really wanted to prove to the bigger clubs that we can do this and a small club like Cronulla, normally known as the smaller guys, we can really make a difference in the comp. Yeah, 2016, obviously, we win the first grade grand final. Where were you? Where did you watch the game from? I, I was there in the crowd. I remember, uh, I think it was five minutes to go, and uh, I was with a group of mates, a few board members at the time, and uh, my mum was there, and everyone started crying. Like, it was just a bizarre <laughs> feeling. I remember, uh, yeah, I, I reckon I'll get goosebumps if I if I watch it back now. But, um, yeah, I was just sitting in the crowd like a, a normal person, but I remember running onto the field after it, and, yeah, it was unreal. Amazing memories. We would have been, what, 16, 17 years old? Yeah, I think something like that. But, um, yeah, I remember the games um, so vividly. And, yeah, wow, that was a night to remember. Yeah, for sure. Did you brush your dad? Because remember, he got, he got drenched, didn't he? Didn't he get drenched? Not only his own sweat, but didn't they pour something on him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, yeah, I'm, I think there's a photo somewhere. I should probably get that uh, frame for him or get a blown up for him. But, um, yeah, it's something he'll remember for sure. For sure. Now, Kyle, take me to 2017 because, obviously... That's your UG, you know, you score, what did I say in the preview? It was 20 tries for a halfback, that's pretty good, 140 goals. So, mate, like, what was, obviously it just changed that year, where you went from being a very good player to probably the best player in the whole competition. Did you change anything? What happened in that kind of maybe off-season, during the season? I think, um, I think the routine of training like a first-grade player, I think, in under 20s, you basically train like a first grade player, but you train in almost every single day and just having that return of playing week by week. I think, um, and saying that we had a really good team at the time, I think the success of the team was massive for me. But um, yeah, that definitely was a breakout year for me. I was definitely enjoying my footy, um, happy at home, and I had a really tight group of mates there, which really wanted to, um, as I said, make a difference and really show people that Cronulla Juniors can play good footy and win comps. Yeah, Cole, in, when you look back now in your 20s, 18s, your 16s, is there a player that sticks out that just gave you just trouble, maybe ran over the top of you just continuously? Is there someone that's made it into first grade now that just was just a bit of a pest here and just just, just killing you in, in the lower grades, bud? Yeah. Um, there's definitely a few good players. I look, I look back at that. Um, I was fortunate enough to make the that uh, under-20s team of the year, the Holden Cup team of the year. And I remember uh, Caitlin Ponga was a fullback of that team and Victor Rudley was in there. There's a few good players in that team. So I remember versing Caitlin, Caitlin Ponga one time at Shark Park and we, I put up a bomb and I sprinted down there and made sure I want, I want to tackle him. I want to tackle Ponga. Get down there and you can imagine what happened. Bang, step <laughs> straight step, past yeah. you. <laughs> but um, that's one thing I remember back versing Caitlin Ponga. Yeah, nice one. All right, we'll take you to 2018 because it's a huge season for you. I'm going to do the debut last. Now, the first one, because yep. you didn't play for any New South Wales teams coming through until that year, correct? Yeah. How was that? Yeah, so... Um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I remember I, I was going through uh, school and I, I didn't make the... Um, the uh, Australian school boys, I think Nathan Cleary made it ahead of me. And then the year after that, I had a knee injury. So I remember going through school footy and everyone going, thinking, oh, if you don't make Australian school boys, it's a be all and end all. Like, I'd love to get back to schools and talk to kids and say, like, if you don't make those junior rep teams, it's not 
sort of the end of the world. So, but saying that, yeah, I did make um, play my first New South Wales um, to the residents and the under twenties in the same year. Yeah, are you glad it was later? Yeah, I think so. I think if uh, it's sometimes hard when you make all these rep teams as a young kid, or the, sometimes the pressure can get put on you. And um, but saying that, if you if you're on the fringe, it really uh, makes you fight hard for. To make teams in the future. Yeah, for sure. Now you captain the residents team as well. You mean captain guys like ten years older than you? Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty um, special moment. I think um, yeah, I had a a good relationship with the team there, and I was, at that stage I was really confident. That's when I was yeah, I was stoked to get that opportunity, and we got the win that day. And yeah, that was that's when yeah, I was on the uphill battle then. Now I will take you to the NRL debut. You debut at nineteen versus the Newcastle Knights. Luke Lewis's last game, home game. For the Sharks yep. as well. You know, you've got a unique situation where your dad's your boss. Now, before I ask you that, what do you call your dad at training when he used to coach you? Yeah, it's funny. I, I thought I sometimes think about that. I don't, I don't know if I ever just, like, I just had to get his attention. I don't think I ever called him I called him out as a as dad or coach. Or I don't think I, I've always just got eye contact with them when we started talking about it. <laughs> but, so, yeah, it's a funny one. I don't think we, I like, he, he spoke to me, but I never really, called out to him and tried to get his attention. We just spoke when we needed to, I guess. Okay. So how does your dad break the news that you are finally going to be playing first grade? I, I remember um, Matt, Matty Moylan was in doubt that week. He had a bit of a hamstring or calf injury. And um, I knew that I was a, a half a chance to play. And I remember he just called me um, uh, in his office and said, mate, you're going to play this week. And I was like, all right. He's like, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm ready. And... Um, yeah, I remember the first thing I said, have you told mum? That's all I wanted to do was tell mum. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool moment yeah, I'm in his office, yeah, telling him I was going to make my debut for the club. Did you go, Dad, I need a few free tickets too, mate. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, and get to play at Shark Park in front of my family and my mates. And, um, yeah, that was pretty special. Yeah, mate, take me to the first, pretty much the first set of six. First tackle, mate, on <laughs> SKD, penalty. Yeah. What were you thinking? Oh, I was thinking, mate, just get, get your first tackle done, mate. Um, just get involved in the game, get a kick early, get a tackle early, just get the nerves away. And I was like, seeing Kenny Dow running away from all I said, this is a perfect, it's a winger, I can get a get a good tackle here, and I got him on the chin. And he, it wasn't a good start, he threw the ball, I mean, and it was, it was on straight away. But I guess if you want to start your first grade career in a way, that's probably one way you want to start it. Yeah, did they put it in the video session on the Monday? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did, the boys are going... Oh, I remember uh, Gal and Wado always say, first set, boys, no penalties. Just play simple. And what do I go out and do? I give away a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Kyle, I'm going to take you to probably what I feel was your breakout game last year. You came in for Sean Johnson. You played against Parramatta at home. And yep. you had a blinder that day. You scored a try. I was watching this morning. You came off Ueli, and then you beat Jennings. Like, Jennings was chasing you hard. Like... Do you remember that try and like, do you remember, because Michael Jennings is fast, man. Yeah. Like, to get away from him, that you must have been feeling pretty. Yeah, I think, um, like, I like to pride myself on my fitness and my speed endurance, so I guess that um, helped me that day. Obviously, Jennings had to turn and chase, but um, yeah, I remember that day, I think I started just to feel comfortable in the team, and that's something I'm looking forward to this year. Like, after five, game, five games or a couple of games, you really start to find your groove with your teammates and yeah, I remember playing Parramatta and like I just felt good. I knew my role and I was confident playing footy. I knew when I wanted to get the ball and um, yeah, that game was that that game was so good for me and I just can't wait for that opportunity again. 
Yeah, Cole, is that is that hard? Because obviously you were, you were understudy for Sean Johnson last year. Is it hard when you keep coming in for a game then not having three, then another two games? Like, to get that consistency and that timing right, how many games do you realistically have to play in a row? Yeah, I think, I think at least a couple of games. You've got to... Um, you got to find your groove. It's hard to come in and out. And remember, for me, I wasn't playing too, many, too much uh, reserve grade there. I was always 18th man traveling with the team. So it was hard to get that match fitness and just get that match feel about passing, uh, kicking and passing out the line, that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's hard coming in and out of the team. So I'm really looking forward to this year with the Roosters having that uh, consistency and yeah, building combinations. Now, Cole, New South Wales camp. You know, obviously, there's all the, the who's who. Freddie, Joey, Bedsy. What happens at one of these camps? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know the, the most recent camps I've been to, they sort of split up in into positional, and Freddie sort of how it looks over all of them. But um, I've had a good relationship with um, Joey Johns, so um, yeah, I speak to him on a regular basis as well, and he just talks to me about my game. So um, yeah, picking the game of um, Joey Johns is obviously massive, and I, yeah, I love going into those camps. Oh mate, you've got two of the best mentors ever. Kevin yeah, exactly. Kong. If you added Jonathan Thurston, like, Jesus Christ, it's a who's who. Yeah, it's not bad. Who's, who to call first? Yeah, does Joey teach you little things about, like, rubber kicks and long kicks, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, he, um, Joey's massive on sort of um, having the ball on your hip, show go, about your footwork and that sort of stuff. That's the way he sort of played the game. And um, yeah, Obviously, he's a bit different than Cooper. Cooper's a bit more structured about um, the game plan, thinking long term, but... Um, yeah, the the small details Joey's really good on. Yeah, in terms of like being cheeky and talking a bit of smack, do you have any of that in your game? Yeah, <laughs> um, it depends what the scoreline is, maybe I guess. But um, oh, as a young fella now, I'm just really focused on playing well, and um, like I, I respect the older guys that that have done what they've done in the game, and I know, I know my place in the game, and I don't want to overstep that, I guess. Yeah, for sure, man. Now, just a few off-field things. I saw that. You were being an advocate for the Voice Against Violence. How did you first get involved with that? Yeah, I think um, uh, they came out and spoke to us when I was at the at Cornell and I spoke about um, domestic violence. I think it's um, one in four women are exposed to domestic violence. So I was, and I got two sisters, so I thought I've got to do something about this, and um, that motivated me to get on board. Yeah, nice one, man. Have you moved out of the Shire now? I'm still in the Shire at the moment. Um, um, just driving over the east side every day. It, uh, I'm starting to love it over there, and I'm sure in the next couple of years I'll be over in the east side for sure. Yeah, mate, I think it's the right of passage for everyone. I remember when I was your age, I went to Coogee. I think it's something you should definitely try, my friend. Definitely. All right, we're just going to do a few rapid-fire ones to finish off here, Kyle. Yep. First one is just a bit, a bit about your pre-game prep. So do you have any special meals? Like, what do you do day, day of the game, or do you have any superstitions? Yeah, not too much superstitions about... Um, about putting my socks on and that, that sort of stuff. But um, I know my goal kicking, actually, I like to put my uh, my mouth guard in my sock just before I kick my goal, before I start walking back into my position. But, um, yeah, before uh, the day before the game, I like to have a pass and have a bit of carbs and up before the game. And the day after the game, I like to get in the water, go for a swim, have a coffee, just clear my head a bit. But, um, yeah, in relation to um, superstitions, I'm – I'm a young fella. I try to stay away from that. And the, I know the older boys would get pretty bad. I remember when I was at Cronulla, yeah, the, the old uh, G-Train, was he had some weird stuff going on. I remember Bo Ryan, actually, watching him. He had some weird stuff going on as well. So, yeah, I try to stay away from them weirdos. What about Kurt Capel with that ball? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah after the game of that, yeah, that's, that's who knows time. how big that is now. Oh, I can imagine. Mate, can you cook? Definitely not. <laughs> 
So mum's taught you nothing. She's got... Mate, just yeah, go I on YouTube. I'm telling you, that's how I learnt. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, this can go to any year. So this, you can even bring this back to your junior days. Now, yep. have you got a favourite try and the most important goal that you've kicked? Um, yeah, so I'm going to stick with the NRL. I think my first try um, in NRL was uh, um, just definitely my favourite try so far. Um, yeah, sort of get the monkey off your back and um, so be able to tell people that you scored a try in first grade. And um, I made a tribute actually well, after I scored to the squad for, for my nan. She passed away the year before that. So I really wanted to um, get that the monkey off my back there. And uh, the biggest goal, I'd have to say, we played Gold Coast um, in Magic Ground uh, in Suncorp. And, um, yeah, I had, to, I had a kick to win it on my non-preferred side. I think it was 18 all. And um, I needed to kick that goal to win the game. And lucky enough, I did that. Yeah. How, how, like, distance-wise, how far do you think, if you got a shot from in front, how far do you think you could kick it from? Yeah, I, I think around around between the 50 markers inside is probably um, something that you can rely on in a game if you really needed it. But um, I think some of the bigger boys, um, like the Trail Mitchell and that, they could probably go beyond that. But um, when you're talking about precision, it's definitely inside the 50. Yeah. Now, back to your ball boy days. What's your yep. best memory of being a Roosters ball boy? I, I don't have too many as a, as a young fella, actually, but they always saw on the TV me and Nathan Cleary running out for uh, Freddie Fillers trying at the game. So um, when I think of a ball boy in days, that's what I think of, I guess. Yeah, nice one. Now, I heard this one on Matty Johns' podcast yesterday, and I liked it. When you were growing up, give me your five favourite NRL players. Cool. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, obviously, um, I idolised him as a kid. Obviously, him playing for the Roosters was massive for me. Uh, Cooper Kong he'd have to be obviously what he's done in the game um, Paul Gallon obviously um, what he's what I've noticed what he's done off the field how hard he trains is something that I've admired um, two more and I think uh, the two other guys from Melbourne uh, the big part of the big three I think Billy Slater and Cameron Smith what they are uh, how they control the game and how they execute game plans, how they execute um, skills in high-pressure situations is something that I admire and I'm looking to build on for sure. Yeah, you know, you just mentioned Gao and obviously one of the greatest leaders, especially for the Sharks of all time. Now that you're at the Roosters, have you noticed a difference in leadership and just different traits between the two? Yeah, I think at, um, obviously Paul Gunn was a, one of the best leaders and I'm so grateful to be able to play a part in his career, but... I think at the Roos, they've got a really good a four or five leadership group there. So the pressure's not so much on Boyd and Jake. So um, I think, and they sort of stepped that down really well. They've got a play performance team um, who really focus on what they want to get done during the week. And the leadership boys really speak to the younger boys um, really well. So I, I feel really good in my role in the team. And I know what I need to do come game day. So, um, but saying that, the leadership starts with Robbo and Nick from the, from the top and... Um, yeah, the way the the club is run is yeah, honestly unbelievable. Yeah, did you know Nick prior to coming back to the Roosters? Um, no, I didn't know Nick, but um, I think yeah, he has a good relationship with my player manager Wayne Beavers. So um, that's how the connection started, I believe. Yeah, nice one. All right, to finish things off, Carl, I'm going to let you. You can even give some wraps out to some teammates. So this can be either from the Sharks or the Roosters, and you can dish out on a little few of them as well. We'll start yeah, with no an worries. easy one. Who's your um, funny? I'll give a shout-out to my mate, uh, Bronson Cherry. I think um, he had a, uh, a breakout season last year and um, he's come back from a shoulder, inj- a shoulder surgery this year. But 
um, when the season starts up again, he's going to go from uh, another level. So, and I know we train together uh, most days now. So, um, yeah, we're training pretty hard and um, hopefully things pay off, not only for him, but me as well. Carl, look what you've done, mate. They're going to be starting rumours that he's going to the Roosters again. <laughs> um, as I said, I said before, I'll, I'll drive him there if he, if he wants to come. <laughs> All right, Carl, who's your funniest teammate? Uh, I definitely have to say uh, Victor Riley would have to be up there, but um, also uh, old mate uh, Mitchell Orbison, he's always got a bit of uh, bit of funny banter. It's a bit different, but he's always got a funny joke in there, and he's always having a bit of a st- uh, sneaky uh, sort of stab at someone. So yeah, I'd have to say those two guys. Yeah, I won't leave, like I won't put you on the spot and say the Roosters, but at the Sharkies, was there any weirdos that you just go, look, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> uh, this, this guy's my best mate, but I'll say Aaron Woods. He, he's a he's a weirdo. He always goes he goes around calling people burgers and, and Derek's <laughs> and that sort of stuff. So uh, no, nah, buddy, Aaron Woods is a is a crack of a bloke. There and, you go. I miss seeing Woodsy. Woodsy. All right, next one. Who's been the best team pest? Ooh. Um, I'd have to say. Uh, Ooh, that's a that's a very that's a very tough one. The Roos haven't noticed that I was a bit of a pest. I actually I'd actually say uh, Sam Verrills. He's always in the build about their haircut. Someone gets a new haircut, he's always saying, "Oh shit, haircut." He's always yeah, he rates himself. Got something to say. He's a bit of a cheeky little fella. Yeah, so Sam Verrills. Sam Verrills. Sure. Okay, next one. Back to training. Have you seen a freak trainer? So tell me, who's got the best rig? Who's got the worst rig? <laughs> well, when you say freak. Trainer. The first thing I think of is Will Kennedy. He's obviously playing fullback now at, at the Sharkies. So um, yeah, what he does on the training field is honestly unbelievable. Uh, and he's got a good rig as well. I'll give him a shout out. Your dads uh, would have played against each other too, I reckon. Yeah, they might have actually. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And uh, worst rig. Oh, jeez, a few boys I can give a shout out to. Carl, um, someone. My mate, my mate, uh, Ben McGullis. He might not have a rig of a footy player, but he can definitely play footy. Okay, he's coming on the pod, I think, in the next couple of weeks. So. Yeah, not. Don't tell him that then. No, I won't, tell, I won't give him this, this episode yet, mate. In terms of training, what's the part of training that you enjoy the most? I think, um, like, work after after the loss or when you get to go back to training on the, on the Monday and Tuesday and review your game and you get to work on that the whole week and, um, and you, then comes the game day, you get to work on that. So I think having that satisfaction of you've worked something worked on time during the week and you get to go and perform that on the weekend and if, if you perfect that, I'll get a lot of satisfaction out of that. So um, that's what I love doing. I like training hard. I like training with my teammates and we're looking for improvement. Okay, second last question. Now this can be, again, it doesn't have to be your days at the Sharkies or Roosters. It could be junior. What's the best coaching spray that you've seen? <laughs> uh, maybe after a couple of weeks ago, after I uh, lost to Manly, I think um, Robbo's that's a nice spray from Robbo. Um, I know the old man, <laughs> and I, the old man's got a decent spray. But uh, I have to say, last year uh, John Rice had a decent spray. We had five straight losses there at Cronulla. Um, I didn't play that day, but uh, yeah, it was on. Nice Big one. Time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Final question, similar to my five older ones, but it's a little bit different. Now you got five invites to a private dinner party. Now only rules: no family or friends, but you can invite anyone, dead or alive. Who's Kyle yep. Flanagan having for dinner? Ooh. Um, I'd have to say Jan Tedesco. He, he's a goat. He's the best footy player going around, so I'll, I'll take him there. Um, he's always got his shirt off because I, I went to uni in the summer, and 
we go to uni at UTS, so obviously you guys train yep. on that field. And every time I went, because it was a Monday, he would have his shirt off just strutting around. <laughs> I'll ask him about that then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, four more. Um, I'm a bit of a surfing fan fan right now, so I'd have to say Mick Fanning after asking about the shark encounter he had. That's probably yeah for sure. Are you good surfer? Uh, yeah, I have a crack. Nothing, nothing too special. Um, the third one I have to say, Conor McGregor. He's um, I like watching his documentaries and how he trains. Nice. So, are, you, uh, are you big on your UFC as well? Oh, I think I not too much in the UFC, but I like uh, watching Conor McGregor and sort of uh, his outlook. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, two, two more. more yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> um, I'd probably like to meet Cristiano Ronaldo. Obviously, playing soccer as a young fella, I think I'd like to meet someone that like that who's played soccer at such a high level and the amount of goals he scored. And um, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. The last one. Uh, maybe like someone like Drake or a singer like that, um, who's, you know, he's living the life. So, a, bit, a decent mix between sportsmen and maybe a singer as well. I think. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, Flan, I really appreciate you joining me on the show. Before I let you leave, get following Kyle Flanagan Instagram, Twitter. He's Kyle underscore Flano, so it's nice and easy. He's got plenty of content on there, so definitely, definitely check him out. You're gonna be doing a lot more now. We're kind of in lockout in terms of Instagram stuff, man. Yeah, for sure. I think I was just thinking about like obviously not playing football. It's a good time to build your brand and do a few media opportunities. So um, yeah, I'll definitely be trying to get some stuff out there for the fans and um, people who want to connect. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, mate, stay safe during this period of time. Looking forward to hopefully seeing you back on the field. Actually, I've got a confession to make. I'll have to do this for my friend Andy. Mate, I had to drop you from my fantasy league. <laughs> That's all right, mate. I'll, it, I'll make sure I get back in there. No, no. Nah, nah, he's he's, t- he's taking you. I can't. It's a draft. Oh, right. So oh, right. I can't get you back unless I trade him. But what happened was, it was bloody Josh McGuire. He got suspended. I didn't know. So I had to pick up a second rower. And unfortunately, I had halves in spades, so unfortunately you had to go, mate, so I do apologise. Oh, I can accept your apology, I think, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, all the best for hopefully coming back on the field soon, man, and hopefully down the track we'll, we'll give you a bit of an update, and I'm sure that the story will continue and continue to go really strongly, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Hopefully um, everything works out for me in my career, and yeah, I'm happy to come back on the podcast anytime. Appreciate it, man. And that guy was Kyle Flanagan. Definitely give him a follow across all his social media, especially at this time. I think he's going to be producing more and more content. He's a great guy. So Twitter or Instagram, Kyle underscore Flano. Definitely give him a follow. Guys, if you enjoyed the episode, do share it with your family and friends. Let them know. Tag me on any posts across all the social medias. Instagram, I'm at Tristan Nell. Facebook or Twitter at Talking with TK. Definitely also get in touch if you just want to have a yarn. Let me know where you're listening to the show. Love to hear from each and every one of you. All right, guys, next week on the show, one of the, yeah, I've been wanting to this guy for a little while. Jamie Soward. He's got a great footy brain and, you know, he's, he's right around the media. He's got a great new podcast. Sweet and soured, but you're also obviously been if you're a big listener on 2GB, you've been hearing him on there. Channel 9 on the lower grades has been there, and obviously does a great job on NRL.com as well. So it's going to be great to pick the brain of Sowie next up. Guys, like I said, get in touch, especially during this isolation period. Everyone, I know, is a little bit lonely, probably. You know, needs a little bit of social interaction, so always up for a yarn. So send me an email or hit me up on 
on all the different social medias. My book now, my book, sorry, is out now, Talking with Champions. So you can find that at Dimmick's Booktopia, Angelina Robinson, Perfect Gift, or even to get you through the little isolation period. Plenty of inspirational quotes and stories. So it's a great little way if you're into your reading, definitely pick yourself up a copy. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Hope you're all staying safe. I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking with TK.